Hello and welcome to a conversation about teenagers and communication in this podcast from the Resilience Centre. I'm Lee Hatcher. We all know what it's like as a teenager, especially with your parents, that I just don't want to talk. How's school today? Grunt. Have you done your piano practice? Leave it alone. Is there any hope for a parent? Can we do communication better with our adolescents? And here's one big question. How can we listen better? All questions and a range of others we'll be discussing in a two-part conversation with Michelle Watton, a registered psychologist at the Resilience Centre, with a special interest and great experience with parents and teens. Michelle, welcome. Oh, thanks for having me. Now, to start with, neither of us can pretend uh, we were perfect teens. So, true confessions, Michelle, what were you like as an adolescent? Well, yeah, that's interesting. I was lucky enough to have grown up in Western Sydney, where there were many cultures and religions. We all merged into one. And I was certainly energetic and fun-loving. But what I recall most was life was confusing and... I needed adults who had the ability to be able to guide and be thoughtful about what my needs were, you know, choosing HSC subjects or whether I was making the right choices. To be able to do that effectively, I think the guidance is needed. I mean, I can look back now with clarity, right? And yes. we all do with adults, but we, at the time when we're there as adolescents, life is confusing. If you really want to know what I got up to as an adolescent, Lee, well, that vault is sealed (laughs) and I've lost the key. But I'd be interesting to hear what you think. Yeah, I was thinking about this as I prepared your question. And one dynamic that was at work in my family was, I think, Mm. largely with my father, that if there was ever a blow up, certainly as a teenager, I remember this, he would go no talkies. Mm. And that might go for a week. Wow. Which I, as an adult, have thought, that's a shocker, actually. Mm. Like, he'd take me to uh, soccer training and neither of us would say anything in the car. And as an adult, Mm. and this is the key to this kind of conversation, I suppose, because it does impact on our grown-up selves. As an adult, I really had to kind of recognise that and deal with that, both in my parenting and certainly in my marriage. And I feel like saying to him, in the great words of David Di Pietro, one of the team here, Dad, put your big boy pants on. That's what he'd say to him. Mm. Yeah. So it's probably important to ask this straight up. Why is communication a challenging thing with most teens and their parents? What's at work here, Michelle? There's many reasons why. I mean, firstly, adolescents are confused themselves, as I said before, yeah. and like to be a bit mysterious because that's what they, they can control themselves. But they're also going through the process of what we call individuation, where they move away from the reliance on their parents as they did as children and develop the skills they need to become a healthy adult. And you say that generally today there are actually new and different dynamics at work. What's different? Let's deal first with teenagers. Well, we expect so much from them. We expect them to accept the things at home they can't control, to do well academically, to flourish socially, to consider getting a casual job, make good decisions, et cetera, et cetera. I'm getting anxious just thinking about those demands. And they're just a few. And they're new today, you say? I think you're right. We could say that communicating with adolescents has been like an age-old problem. Yes. Like since Adam was a boy. Yeah. But he didn't grow up in a 24-7 society where parents are busy and they're expected to achieve 
academically, as I said, and, and flourish socially. So I feel sorry for them. And everything's so fast today as it well, is. I think, yeah. And so there's no time to slow down. You know, they're on their phones until before they go to sleep. I mean, that's not the real issue and that's not why we're here today. And I don't want to get stuck in that because no. we can't change that. But it is true. They need time to stop. What's different for parents today? I feel sorry for parents. I mean, I am one too. And I believe that they've also been set up to fail. In the past, we had a community and we had our village that raises the child. But now we don't have that. Parents are expected to have numerous demands that they have to fill. And I, I'm not sure that that's really realistic. Alone. Not many relatives, not many neighbours. No, that's right. That's yeah. right. The other important part, which I feel prompted this entire podcast, is that in the past, children were seen but not heard. Yes. And we've given children the opportunity to be heard now. But then what do they do? What do we do with that? How do parents know how to be able to listen if they weren't actually listened to themselves? What skills do they have to be able to then be able to listen to their kids? So in a way, I actually think the society has developed this problem. Because most of us would think, well, it's a good thing that kids can be heard today. Yes. But that's a challenge in itself. Well, yeah, it is. The adolescent saying, well, you care about me. You want to hear what I have to say, and that's great. But the response they're getting isn't what they need. And that's often because poor parents are trying to do loads of different things without the support of their neighbours, family, church, etc. sometimes. Yeah. What do you think they need? What's at the core of that need? Love. Which we'll get to. Yeah. Let me ask you this about the COVID lockdown. How have all these dynamics been different with that or have they been different with that? I mean, that's a good question. I think only time will tell. Yeah. But adolescents were always going to continue to develop and mature biologically. But what varies across this peer group is their internal coping mechanisms of how they manage staying at home orders, what resources they have to access how supportive or able their parents or carers are. So I think there's a lot there that we don't know. But at the same time, they're also, adolescents are beautiful and they're resilient. And what I've heard them say recently is that through lockdown, they've experienced adversity, often for the first time. Yes. And that's lowered their baseline of how bad things can get. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a good thing. Yes, I think it is too. In our second conversation, we'll delve into your great wisdom on what does work in communication with parents and teens. But for now, let me ask you, what doesn't work, Michelle? Not listening for long enough. We need to listen more so we can understand what the adolescent's trying to say. And remember I said before that life is confusing as an adolescent and we often expect a lot of them. So we need to listen. We need to understand what their difficulties are because what they'll present to you is a lot of irritability or anger or eye-rolling. But they... (laughs) (laughs) I think. Yeah, I've seen it. (laughs) I've done it. (laughs) But what what they need is to, I guess, parents to tolerate that. Yeah. And then not to dismiss it like you're just being oversensitive or you shouldn't feel that way or you're just being disrespectful or something. But it's it's not about that. It's about trying to be there and understand what it's like for them. And I'm sympathetic with the parents because they're under such time pressure. There's no time. Everything's so fast, so rushed. Like, get it out, deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. And it needs time. Absolutely, like, stop it, hurry up. 
what's wrong with you? We're all guilty of it. We don't have to be that parent who is thoughtful and, and listens all the time, but just turning up the dial of it a little bit yeah. can make a massive difference. So talk to me about love, Michelle, for a parent and perhaps an adolescent as well. This is massive. I see a lot of adolescents in my practice who come to me because they're struggling with a lot of different things. But, you know, deep down, they just want to be loved and accepted by their parents. I think parents, if they understood that an adolescent builds their self-confidence and their self-respect because they know that their parents love them and they're proud of them. And it, it honestly is that simple. Do they need respect as well? Yeah. What does that do to them? That tells them that they are worth being cared for and to take the time to listen to them, that they're worthy of that. And from that, they can learn to stand up for themselves and they can learn to have stronger boundaries if someone's trying to push them in a negative way that leads to unhealthy outcomes. And you can only begin to imagine what that gives someone as an adult. Yeah. If they've had that in their childhood oh. or teenagerhood. It's massive. It's where a lot of a lot of it comes from. And if we can really just slow down and be there, things will be so much easier for them. Let me go back to COVID just for a minute. In times of significant upheaval like that and beyond that, what kind of mindset is perhaps especially needed then for a parent and in the context of communication especially? The New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern described this really well and she talked about not being at home to educate the children but to actually be there to love them and to provide them with a way to be able to get through a pandemic as opposed to trying to maintain the same level of productivity prior to the pandemic. So I guess the answer to that is again, to stop, slow down and to listen and delight in each other. Even when the teenager is not too delightful themselves. And exactly. And it's a balancing act, right? Yes. But I think at the same time, whilst it's normal for adolescents to isolate themselves more and to be more with their peers, they still need a level of connection with their parents and guidance. So it's about how do you do that individually with your young person? Does gratefulness play any part in this whole equation? I definitely believe so, yes. There's plenty of research that shows somebody's well-being is actually increased when they look at what is in front of them and they're grateful for what they have, just the simple things in life. In one way, despite the numerous tragedies experienced for many people through lockdown, yeah. this aspect for adolescents can be a silver lining. They're grateful. The adolescent didn't have the framework to be able to compare yeah. before but they okay. do now there are two words in particular that you highlight in all of this and the first one is totally understandable but often very hard to nail and that's listening the other word interests me and that's validation take us through how they both work and especially what the validation thing means <laughs> yeah that's a really good question <laughs> a lot of people say that what is what do you do with that what, do you what mean, is that <laughs> validation is about understanding the adolescent's point of view it's not about saying that you'd feel the same way in their situation but it's just saying that you are worth the time to listen to and i hear you yes and it does involve taking time absolutely and the discipline of listening 
Yes, so listening is is very important, but it also takes a lot of effort, as you said. So listening to our teenagers is about avoiding the distraction going on around us. So not listening and watching Netflix. (laughs) Or my phone. My goodness, (laughs) don't start there. I'm definitely guilty of that. (laughs) So it's, it's making a conscious effort to not only hear what they're saying, but also to understand their entire message that they're trying to communicate. So in the end, the young person knows they're being understood and they're often then no longer alone. Mind you, sometimes they're hard to understand. That's the point. Yeah, okay. That's their point. Again, you're highlighting that it's a time in a person's life where you're not going to feel as a parent like you've got it nailed. Okay. It's not about that. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, it's about just giving it a try and, again, increasing the dial of communication in the style of communication that positively impacts on connection. Not rushing to judgment. That is something that we'll talk about in the second podcast. Completely avoid. Yeah. One question you use in navigating this whole tricky arena is this, what's actually important? How would you want both teens and parents to answer that? In therapy sessions with parents and adolescents, I've often seen parents disagree with an adolescent over the minutest of details. And my question is, does it really matter? Yeah. Does it really matter if you thought you were wearing a red shirt when it was blue? Like, it just fractures the communication. It just fractures the relationship between the young person and their family. So it's more about what do parents really care about and want in their child's life? Letting stuff go. Exactly. Yeah. I worked in... Um, I've worked across Northern Sydney hospitals and the number of times I saw adolescents come into the mental health wards and the parents were forced to reconsider what their priorities were and it was humbling to see because they came in initially with academics are really important and my child doesn't do this and that but in the end they walk out realising that they're thankful that their child's just alive and that They just want their child to be happy. So what's actually important? Love. Good answer. Yeah, there's this guy called Neville Symington. When he was learning to become a psychoanalyst, he would then get mentored by his supervisor, who was a psychoanalyst, and he said that what he learnt is it wasn't till the core of me touched the core of my patient did I see change. The relevance for the parent is that it's not until the core of them touches the core of their child do you see change. It's it's beautiful. Michelle, I've loved this conversation and really look forward to our second chat. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to another podcast from The Resilience Centre. I'm Lee Hatcher. You'll find the library of all our other podcast conversations and so many great resources at www.theresiliencecentre.com.au